Welcome to the Word Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Domenica Pilo. I'm an author, copy editor, and book coach. Each week on this podcast, I'll share tips, tricks, and treats for all things storytelling. Join the coven and learn how to put your best quill forward and become a magical word crafter. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Word Witch Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because we have done our very first interview. So exciting. Um, So today we're going to talk to S.G. Prince. Um, So let me introduce her. S.G. Prince is a character-driven fantasy writer and the author of the Elvish trilogy, which includes three titles, Elvish, Elder, and the newly released Ember. She is a dreamer with a deep love of storytelling and all its forms, and the creator of the weekly Substack column, Napkin Scratch. SG currently lives in San Francisco with her husband and their two doodles, Bungles and Barnaby. I love that. So let's get into the interview. Hey, Magical Wordcrafter. I want to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for an episode or topic you'd like me to cover, Email me at domenica at wordwitchcc.com. In the subject line, write podcast suggestions so I can respond to you quickly. And if you think you'd be a good fit for an interview, write podcast guest in the subject line. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at wordwitchcc. Happy writing! Hey, Magical Word Crafters. I am here today with S.G. Prince, the author of the Elfish Trilogy. Um, Before we get this interview going, S.G., do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a fantasy author. I published my first book, Elvish, in 2018 and have since published the next two in the series, which were Elder, which came out in 2020, and then Ember is the final book in the series. And that was just released last July. I consider myself a character-driven writer, uh, meaning that my books are focused on characters and the way they interact with each other. Um, And I care a lot about looking deeply into what drives people. Um, So, yeah. Nice. So I want to talk a little about a little bit about um, what you were saying um, about your books being character driven. So can you kind of take us through your process when you're developing those characters and like what you try, what your goals are for that? Um, and how do you make sure that your story is character driven? Sure. So I think that ca- the character driven part of my story is something that is what I always like when I'm reading a book. It's part of the reason. So when I'm reading a novel, I I, um, gravitate heavily towards romance, even though I write fiction, because I like that story. I like the story of people and what drives them and their feelings. And so I became, I would consider myself a character-driven author for that reason, just because I really want to dig deep into character motivations. Before I begin writing, usually my stories start with a single scene. It's usually some sort of conflict that I'm imagining between two characters. And 
I always sort of have that main scene. It's usually the entice, either the inciting incident at the beginning of a book, or sometimes it'll be the climax scene in the middle of the book. Um, but I always have that sort of like main scene in my head that I am working towards or springboarding from that I consider the main piece. Two characters are either arguing or some big, you know, event is happening. And then how do I sort of work the rest of the book to either work up to that scene or to springboard from that scene? In my head, I think that there are very plot-driven authors and character-driven authors. And that's why I said I'm a character-driven author in that um, the, really like the internal motivations of all my characters or like the motivations for the plot come within the characters, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, so let's talk about the Elfish trilogy for a little bit. Um, so what dry, what's the motivation without giving away too many spoilers? Um, so how did you kind of come up or what was that um, vision that you had first when you envisioned the whole trilogy? Yeah, so that, just like I was kind of explaining, I remember so clearly the moment that I sort of had the idea for this book. It was a rainy winter day in Fort Worth, Texas, is where I lived at the time. I was driving home from work. It was dark out. I was in my car. And I just remember sort of having this daydream fantasy, which I do a lot, like when I'm driving in the car or just anytime, like I'm just sort of always having these daydreams. And a lot of times they turn into nothing, but sometimes an idea sticks. And I remember having this idea of two characters, an elf and a human arguing about something. And I don't know, it, that moment to me, it's just like, sometimes it feels visceral and then you sort of imagine, okay, what are they arguing about? In this case, they were arguing about her sister. And that was just, it was like nothing. It was, it was you know, just these very vague sort of ideas about what this book could be. But sometimes that happens and the idea just sticks. And for some reason that idea stuck with me. And it was not until much later that the rest of the plot sort of started to come into view. And as I was able to work into the rest of the plot, like, okay, who is this sister and why does that matter? And who are these people? And is there any like, you know, romantic tension? Well, of course there is. And so it all, it all just kind of went from there. Um, the next two books in the series were a little bit they, they came about a little bit differently just because I had already written the first and now the plot had developed. And then from there, you know, it was more of, okay, so how do we now, I have this idea of where the book, the series needs to end. How do we get to that point? Um, the first Elvish was, so, okay, let me back up a little bit. I think that when you're talking about writing a book, people tend to categorize authors into two main segments. You're either a pantser, quote unquote, meaning you fly by the seat of your pants, or you're a plotter and you plot the whole thing out well from the beginning and know exactly where you're going. Elvish was my debut novel, was very much a fly by the seat of your pants book. I did very little plotting for that. I just, I had that idea that I told you about driving my car. I came home that night. I started writing. I was just so into it. I had all these ideas flying around in my head and I just wanted to get it down. It ended up being great because that book has so much emotion behind it. And there are a lot of, it was just, I think when you read it, you can tell that I was very into it. Um, but 
by the time that it was getting around to publishing and I handed it to my editor, it needed a big rewrite just because it hadn't been well plotted. So there was a lot of back and forth and it had to be rewritten and it ended up being stronger in the end. But since then I have been able, I've sort of learned how to merge these two things like plotting and pantsing. So I still do, I don't plot down to the letter. Like I leave room for that creativity that kind of comes as you're writing and you want to explore an idea or maybe some new idea pops up and you're like, oh, where, where would this take me if I sort of like moved in this direction? But um, so I am sort of now as I wrote the second and third book in the series, there was a little bit more deliberation beforehand. Okay, what what needs to happen? What are the steps that need to take to get to the climax, to get to the end, to wrap it up, book two, book three? Um, and so now as I'm even working on my next project, I think that I'm able to merge those two things a little bit better. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, that's actually something that I talk about here is um, discovery writing or pantsing versus plotting. And it's an interesting topic because I did totally start out as a pure pantser. Um, and I think a lot of people do because they don't really, they don't have the whole um, like method really down yet, um, their particular method and, and how they like to do it. And I think I, over the years have sort of kind of gotten myself into this semi-plotting place like you were saying um where some of it is plotted out like the main you know um the whole like inciting incident and then uh obstacles um and all of that so those are all plotted out but yeah it's like you kind of lose some of the magic if you try and like plot every single thing so um I'm totally there with you on that um so on your first book did, what was the first scene that you wrote? Was it sort of like from the very beginning, like the beginning opening scene, or did you write that argument first? So I had, before I wrote Elvish, I actually wrote three other books, which I now just call them my practice novels. They, they're never published. They're not good enough to be published. I was just learning how to write a book. Yeah. Those books I wrote entirely out of order. Like I just jumped around and I did whatever, kind of whatever I wanted. When I started writing Elvish, I think at that point in time, I was so ready to write the book that would make me an author. I wrote down and I started at the beginning and I said, I'm going to write this thing start to finish. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to write it. And that's it. Like th this was in my head that I was going to write it start to finish and do it that way. It did not end up, I did not end up writing the entire book start to finish. I think I wrote the first three, four, five, six chapters. And then I started getting excited about what was coming later. And actually that works for me. So I, since then have written, I typically write the first chapter first. I write the last chapter second, because I wanna oh. know where I, I try to write the last chapter early on. So at least at least a rough draft. So I at least know where I'm going. Okay, I the like last chapter, idea. the big finale. I have found that when I'm reading, if I read a book, and it's great at the beginning and the last chapter kind of flops, even if I loved it for 90% of the way through. If the last chapter, it's something about that last chapter, I want it to touch me. I want it to, you know, like have this big wow factor. And if I don't feel that way, it kind of colors my opinion of the entire book. 
So now when I'm writing, I go and I write the last chapter at least. So I have that like strong finish, at least in my head. Sometimes it ends up changing, um, but for the most part, it stays the same. And then through there, I sort of do what we talked about. I outline each chapter, but loosely, really loosely. And I, mm -hmm. and I get in there and I start writing and figuring out, okay, what, how is it going? I, for a very long time, thought that I was doing something wrong when I had this urge to come back and polish as I was editing, like as I was writing. Sure. So I would start at the beginning and I would get it. I would get the first chapter like really polished and the second chapter really polished and like kind of go on like that. And even if I wasn't writing the chapters in order, I felt compelled to, to get them polished and like beautifully written and just sort of like publish ready. And earlier this year, I started writing a book and I said, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to polish chapters as I go because it's holding me back. And, you know, I've heard from others that you shouldn't really polish in your first draft. You should just like let the words come. But I found for me that it actually, I have to be excited about the words for it, for, for me to even want to continue working number one. And number two, a lot of times I find that as I'm sort of like getting in there and polishing that I, I'll end up discovering something or finding some new thread that I wasn't even aware of until I did that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is a very long answer to your question of, I do, <laughs> I typically will start the first chapter first, write the last chapter last, get them like really well written though, like publish ready kind of, and then just go from there. Yeah. I think that's so cool that you write the last chapter so early. And I kind of want to steal your idea because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, a good tactic. Yeah. Especially if you're just starting with an idea and you start writing the first chapter, not really knowing where you're going with it to write the last chapter next. Wow. I mean, I think it would put the rest of the book in perspective. So I talk a whole lot about your log line. Um, so basically what your book is about in one or two sentences. Um, as And so that I tell my writers is sort of your sounding board when you get lost or when you get writer's block, you know, go back to your log line. What, what is your book about, about fundamentally? Um, and I think that what you do with the last chapter could be another way for people to remember while they're writing and, and when they're um, sort of lost in the narrative, when they're in the real like meat of the book, where's this book going? And then rereading your last chapter and being like, that's right. This is what the book is about. Um, so what what is your favorite part of the writing process? I really like the early stages when you're exploring a new idea and you're sitting down to write it for the first time, it's a first draft, no one knows about it yet. So it's really just all yours still. And you get to go in those deep writing modes where you're just, you know, you've got your music and you've got your coffee and it's early in the morning and you're just jamming to this book. I love, I mean, that's why I became an author because I love that feeling of just being so deep in it and you're in that flow state and, and you get to just be imaginative and creative and it's all new still. The first draft is the most fun, I think, part of being an author when you just get to explore those new ideas. Um, I got to do a little bit of that twice recently. I've got two books in the work right now. 
with the Elvis trilogy, I loved writing that series, but I actually didn't really get to feel that way for book two or three because it was still to me a continuation of the first book. And so, and it took me four years to write that series. So when I was writing the Elvis trilogy, it kind of felt like I had to put all these other ideas on hold because I was just, I knew I had to finish the series. And so it was really exciting for me to be able to explore that again, to, to go into those first draft, true first drafts of like a, an entirely new idea and just just letting your creativity flow is the best part for me, for sure. Yeah, I agree. It's so much fun to just get your ideas out on the paper and not trying to um, edit it too much in the beginning. And then going through the second draft is a little bit more, um, I guess it's, a, I don't want to say boring, but it's like, it's work. Bit. Yeah, it's it's work. <laughs> the work of it, the editing, the second draft, the third draft, you know, and all the other drafts that come after. It's it's yeah. more of like then I'm sitting down. So when you're when I'm writing a first draft, I don't need to. I don't time myself. I don't wor- word count nothing. I'm not tracking. I don't need to because that's all okay. I want to do anyway. I wake yeah. up first thing in the morning. I'm like, gosh, I cannot wait to get back to this draft. Yeah, and then the first draft is over and then you have to kind of like make yourself sit at your desk. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to work for three hours. I'm going to get this done, you know, yeah. and then it's work. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I think a lot of authors are like that. Um, so are you full-time writing? I am. Oh, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. It was a dream come true for me. Yeah. I, I went full-time in 2019, the end oh. of 20, the very end of 2019. I was able to go full-time. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so what does storytelling mean to you? <sighs> I think it's just part of who I am. I mean, storytelling generally is the way that I think people connect with each other and all kinds of storytelling. So there's obviously novels, but then I think podcasts are storytelling, art, music, like all of these different forms of storytelling are the way that people connect with each other. I was a reader from a very early age, loved reading. And still to this day, I think that I do not ever feel the same way. I feel like watching a movie or really, yeah, even in the theater, like there's something about reading and sitting down with the words on the page, the time it takes, it takes eight to 10 hours to read a book you know, as a, as opposed to other forms of, of entertainment, which are still wonderful. And I'm not bashing, you know, like movies or theater or, or any other form of yeah. storytelling, but speaking <laughs> specifically about books, I think that there is something about sitting down, being with those characters, getting exactly into their thoughts through the written word. That is such a powerful form of storytelling to me. And then of course, just the vast array of subject matter and the different kinds of characters you can meet through books. Um, I think it's really meaningful. And I think that it changes your life a little bit, the more that you read. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, I think like what you were saying about uh, movies and things like that, we see what's kind of happening, but unless there's some sort of element of narration going along with the movie, we really aren't inside the main character's heads. And I think that's what makes the difference between reading a book and watching a movie and 
the whole reason behind why <laughs> like books are usually better than the movie. It's because we're with that character the whole time in their heads and we know all of their thoughts. We know all of their feelings. So it's, it's a lot more like personal, I think, um, when you're really invested in a character like that. Um, so what would you say, um, has been most influential on your writing and your writing career? What or who? Who? That's a tough one. I think to me, I don't know if I could name a single either author or person that has been the most influential, but I will say just generally that reading in general is kind of what I had just been saying, but that is what taught me how to write. I didn't go to, I was an economics major in school, right? Like I did not go to school for writing. No one, and I think a lot of authors are like this. No one taught me how to write. I learned my craft by reading, reading a lot, reading all the time, studying what other authors do from just a reader's perspective, but also from an author's perspective, taking it in, what moves me, what doesn't work, what do I like when I read it? What really is the most powerful? And sort of just taking all these factors and the body of work of other authors and figuring out why, like what in a book sticks with me? And then how can I translate that into my own stories? What makes for good writing and what makes for just okay writing? And how can I learn from that? Um, and so I would say that just and then and I you know whatever I read even still I try to read at least a book a week um I find that when I'm not reading I tend not to feel as inspired either there is something just about being connected to literature and having it in your life that inspires you to continue writing as well yeah, I totally agree. Um, reading, I think, is the most fundamental thing that you can do as an author to learn the craft. You can read as many craft books as you want um, and consume all the media uh, on storytelling um, that you want. But unless you are actually reading other books, successful books, I think you're doing yourself a disservice by by not reading um, and and trying to write from not being a reader, I think is like one of the craziest things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's kind of why I started this podcast was because I, I, since starting my author journey, I've listened to so many podcasts that are on like more the business end of of writing, like the publishing and the marketing and all of that kind of thing. Um, and I really felt like there needed to be a podcast that was about the craft. Mm. Um, because I think I, a lot of, a lot of writers have gone through this where it's like, you have an idea in your head, you start writing it and then something happens, you put the book down, you don't return to it. And then you start another thing. And then, it just years and years go by and you just never end up finishing one idea. And I think part of the problem 
is that most people who do that aren't actual readers themselves. So they don't know where to take the book. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they get stuck on like a certain plot point and they're like, well, I don't know what to do next. Um, And so one of my pieces of advice to the authors that I coach is you could do two things. You can either read another book, (laughs) especially in the genre that you're writing, or you can write something else, whether that's like a journal prompt or um, a short story, just something to get your like creative juices flowing again. Um, But my number one tip for authors is to read and -hmm. just read as much as you can. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't have time to read. And if I'm going to be writing all the time, when am I going to have time to read? Well, how many hours of Netflix are you watching? Yeah, that is such a good question. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I consider reading part of my job, right? Like I went yeah. full time in 2019, and I plot out my day. I'm a big, you know, list maker. Plot out, you know, my books and my day. Uh, I consider reading, and I know every time if I am in a slump or feeling uninspired, if I pick up a book and I just start reading, and it can honest, it can be any book it always helps just get things turning in my own head again. That and the other really good piece of advice that I was given once was that if you are stuck on a paragraph or a chapter, often if you go back and look at whatever just came before that paragraph or chapter, that's where you'll find your problem. And I've used that and have found and have been able to get unstuck many times just by, I'm feeling like this isn't going that well, this paragraph isn't really making sense, or I don't really know what I'm trying to do here. I can't figure out where to go. If I just back up a little bit, I find that the problem wasn't really in that paragraph, it was in the one that came before it. Oh, you know what, this didn't make sense. If I just switch this a little, or if I tweak this, then it flows better. Now I have a path forward and I can keep going. But kind of like I had mentioned earlier, writing the last chapter too can help with some of that because if you know where you'll, if you know your last chapter and you haven't written, then you can always come back to that and say, okay, well, I know that I need to get here. What is the next step to make that happen? Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, I think especially when you sit down to start writing for the day again, going back and reading what you wrote the day before can really help to um, get your mind jogging again and to get you back on track. Um, do you have any like rituals that you perform before you sit down to write your book, whether that's meditation or, um, lighting a candle and saying an intention into it or anything like that? Yeah. So I go through phases with this. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Usually it's not so my best writing always comes first thing in the morning. I wake up really early. I wake up at 4 a.m. Not on purpose. I don't mean to. That's just the way I am. <laughs> wow. And I, <laughs> those early morning hours, I make myself a cup of coffee and I sit down and it's still dark and the world is quiet. And that is the best time of day for writing for me. So I don't need anything else other than just that quiet, dark coffee computer. I don't, I will say a few other things that I have done. I don't check my phone in the morning. And sometimes I even turn it off the night before. So I will have my, so I wake up in the morning, my phone is off. I can't even look at it. So Mm -hmm. truly the only thing and the first thing that I'm doing in the morning when I wake up is I'm going to my computer and I'm starting to write. As far as other rituals go, sometimes because I write as many hours as I can in the morning and then I take a midday break, 
And coming back to it in the afternoon can sometimes be difficult for me. So I have in the past meditated and I think that's helpful. I have taken a walk or done like a walking meditation and I found that helpful. Just something to, to get, step away from my computer for a second, get out of the house, kind of get out of my own head a little bit and just have that reset. Um, and then make myself another cup of coffee. <laughs> it's usually the coffee is a, is part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. I would definitely say that that is a whole ritual in itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> just the kind of rhythmic waking up, making yourself a cup of coffee, sitting down to the computer. Um, if that's you write with the computer, I'm assuming. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I would say that's totally a ritual. Um, so what advice would you give to a budding, uh, author? Yeah. So kind of like we had talked about earlier, my advice is to read, read so much, read until you can't help, but notice some of the patterns that the authors use in their plot and prose, and then keep reading until maybe those patterns even start to annoy you a little bit until you start to wonder like, oh, could I, could I do this better? That was sort of for me the moment that I realized I wanted to actually write a book when Mm -hmm. I had read so much that it felt like, man, I think I could write this better. And I think as a new reader, as a budding author, that would be the advice that I would give to anybody is just keep reading, keep learning from reading, And do that until you think to yourself, man, like I'm starting to notice what I like and what I don't like. And I have a really good idea about how I would write this book if I was doing it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think um, reading is fundamentally the best thing that you can do as a budding author. Um, So let's go off of that for a second. Um, How did you find your voice? This is kind of, um, this tends to be a question that comes up a lot for me is how do I find my voice? Like, um, story after story, I feel like it's different, um, depending on what I'm writing, what genre I'm writing. Um, how do I find my voice? So Mm -hmm. do you think you found your voice? I, that's an interesting question because this is something that I've thought about recently, And I don't actually intend to ever find my voice or stick with one voice because I think that, like you said, different genres call for different tones. Mm -hmm. There are certain things in my writing that I think will always be in my writing. I like a good twist. Yeah. I like character driven, like we talked about novels. You know, the characters are always going to be at the heart of my story over, for instance, world building or plotting. It's a lot of, even though I do write fantasy, I take a lot of romantic elements. I consider myself a romantic fantasy author. That is always going to be kind of at the heart of all my stories. Um, (laughs) But aside from that, you know, the Elvis trilogy definitely has a certain style and tone, but I'm writing another book now that sounds pretty different. And I'm writing a, a fourth, well, whatever, it'll be my fifth book that sounds even different from that just the other thing for me though is that I I already wrote the Elvis trilogy and that had its own voice and I don't need to write that again so Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's such a bad thing I the last thing I'll say is this I have thought about this 
I don't know if I would call it a problem or just, you know, this topic for a long time, because I've always known that I would like to write a lot of different books in a lot of different styles. And I worried, as I think probably other authors worry that, okay, well, what if you gain a readership and they like your books and then you put out something new and it sounds totally different. But if you're familiar with the author, Amy Harmon, her books all sound very different from each other. And mm-hmm. she writes, but they're all great. Mm-hmm. I really like her work. And I remember the first time I read some of her stories and then I read another and then I read another and I'm thinking to myself, well, these all don't, don't sound very much like each other, but they're all really good. And she kind of gave me the confidence to say what I'm telling you now, which is that I don't feel like I actually need to stick with one voice if I want to explore different voices and different genres and young adult and adult and fantasy and romance. And they're not all going to sound the same. And that is okay. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm, I consider myself a paranormal fiction writer, um, more recently paranormal romance. Um, but I have ideas like today I had an idea for an epic fantasy and I'm like, I can't, I can't niche myself down too far, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because it's, you know, as a writer, you are, when I feel like when you're writing, you tend to like be in your creative flow all the time. Mm. Um, especially when you're writing like consistently every day, And so I'll just be like on a drive and I live in the country. So um, the drive for me anywhere into town is like 15 minutes or more. So it's very like, you know, you kind of get into this like theta wave um, brain state and all of these ideas just kind of like pop into your head. And I'm like, I want to write this epic fantasy and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like I... I tend to like put a lot of pressure on myself. Like I have to be Tolkien or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I love story. I just, I love um, everything about creating new characters and world building. Um, and I don't think I can like just put myself into a box like that. Um, but have you like thought about maybe um, trying to use different pen names for different genres like if they were two like way opposites yeah I have and again oh so I because I, I I will write a romance one day all my books every, everything that's coming up is fantasy basically anything for the next well, whatever four years will be fantasy mm-hmm. but after that I've got at least two romances in the back of my head. And I keep a list of all the books that I'm going to write one day and it's long. (laughs) And there's, there's a couple of romances in there, but I've already sort of put some thought into, well, would I go buy some other name, not SG Prince? And I don't think that I will. I think that all of my books will be under SG Prince. And I think that I am pretty good at communicating with my readers Mm-hmm. I have my email list where I keep in touch. And then of course, across social media. And even if it just takes in the blurb, a little explanation, hey, this is a little bit different than what we've done before. But I think readers can be, as long as you're marketing it the right way, right? It's obviously a romance. It's not a fantasy. The readers who have followed you for a long time are going to get it. They'll pick it up if they want to. They won't if they don't. And that's okay. And And I think you just go from there and readers are savvy enough to figure out like, all right, here's someone that has historically written fantasy, but here's a romance and she's one person and that's okay. 
the other thing that I've that I've noticed authors doing is recently I've seen some authors who have V.E. Schwab comes to mind, but I think there are more combined their names. Like they used to publish under two different names. And now I think Catherine Hurley too. Anyway, they now want to combine them into one as in they started out with two, but they're realizing, no, I think I just want to publish under one name. So I'm sort of learning in advance, I think from a decision that they made and then now want to change um, what I'll end up doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, it's all about trial and error, and it'll, you know, probably take a little bit of a learning curve. But um, what can you tell us about what you're writing next? Yeah, so I am working on a standalone adult fantasy um, set in a new world. This story is really exciting to me because it's very different than the Elvis trilogy in that it is written more like a fairy tale almost. It has a lot of intrigue. It follows the story of one girl from one point of view over the course of her life. So it has these sort of like epic fantasy, but, you know, written in in a sort of ethereal way. And it's been really fun to work on. It's an idea that I first had in 2018. Um, so around the time that I was still writing and then before I published Elvish sat in my head for a long time. And I remember when I finished the trilogy and I was looking to see, okay, what, like uh, so many ideas bouncing around, what do I want to write next? This was the story that, that sort of stood out to me most. So that's what I'm working on. My deadline to finish the, on like mostly the first draft is January 1st, 2022. So that book will hopefully be at least finished. It won't be published for a while, but it'll be finished um, early next year. Nice. And um, since it's a standalone and sort of on the like epic fantasy fairy tale side, how many mm-hmm. words are you? What's your goal word count? Yeah. Wise? So it's looking, I mean, I'm trying. So right now it's sitting at about 95. Mm-hmm. And it's looking like it'll end up being 110. Okay. And I don't want it to be any longer than that. It's the long, it's so long. <laughs> uh, so my first three books were all 95 and okay. they were done and I've hit 95,000 now. And uh, yeah, and it's not done. I'm like, okay, 110, 115 would be the most it would be in it. I can't let it be any longer than that. And it's just too long. Yeah. Yeah. I think but I mean, if you're writing fantasy and you're writing an epic fantasy, you can get up into 120, 150 yeah. even, and that's acceptable. But yeah. uh, just it's a lot. <laughs> it's Definitely. a lot of words. It's a lot of words. And it takes a whole lot of discipline to sit down every day and and type them out. I mean, it's it's the discipline, I think, that is the real pitfall for a lot of writers. It's the hardest part about being an author because first of all, it's a solo endeavor mm-hmm. for the most part. You're doing it by yeah. yourself and you can have, you know, support and people who are on your team and you, and you get it and you can cheer you on, but you're the one that's sitting down and writing and you have to make yourself sit down yeah. and do it every single day. And it takes a long time. It takes yeah. a long time to write a book. It can take over a year. 
And especially as it starts getting longer, I feel like the longer the book gets, you know, your draft when it's 20,000 words, it's easy. You can just read the whole thing in a day. But when you're editing a book that is 100,000 words, you can't even you can't even read through it in a day. It's a vessel. Yeah. It's a massive project. So I've always said the hardest part of being an author is just the fact that you do it by yourself. But that's right. It does take discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a lonely thing. Um, I know a lot of people talk about how solitary this job is. Um, And one of my hopes for the future is to kind of create this um, workspace for writers to um, be in like a Zoom office together to kind of just be like bouncing ideas off of one another um, and for accountability, really, just so that everybody can be like, okay, where's so-and-so they're not here yet they're supposed to be here <laughs> this is I think that's a great idea yeah yeah I think um that's definitely a goal um for the word witch um brand eventually um so speaking on goals what are your goals for the future of writing let's say in the next like one year five years ten years mm, I would like to get faster at writing books mm. so I think one of my Oh, I don't know what to call it. A complaint that I have against myself. That doesn't sound (laughs) quite right, but I just, something that I know I am a slow writer Mm -hmm. and it's the the fastest I ever wrote a book. I wrote uh, Ember, the third book in my trilogy in seven months, which was actually, I was very, that was great. I was very happy, but I had to do it because I had a deadline. (laughs) I was given no choice. And it was very stressful. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it for me is just, so it took me 18 months to write Elvish, took me 12 to write my second, seven to write my third. But now I'm back up again. It's going to take me a year to write my fourth. My my thing is that I think that as I am learning, you know, because you write your debut and you're, and you're still trying to figure out how to write a book. Yeah. And as I get better at writing and just sort of like settle into it, I would like to just along with getting better and sort of like figuring it out, I'd like to get faster because I have so many ideas and I have so many books that I want to write and I feel very impatient about it and I just want them out faster. So that's, that's a goal I have for myself is just, um, yeah, to write books faster. Yeah. That's, that's a great goal. I know some people who they turn out a book a month. And oh gosh. Yeah. I- <laughs> I follow. Yes. So I, I know several authors, one of whom writes 5,000 words a day. And if she doesn't hit that goal, she considers it, you know, like a tragedy. And to me, 5,000 words in a day, I'm thinking, what? (laughs) That's like a week. (laughs) That takes me forever to write 5,000. A thousand words in a day is a good day for me, right? Like 2,000. I think the most I ever wrote in a day was maybe 6,000. And that was a crazy day for me. Yeah. But like that never happens. And she writes 5,000 words every single day. I'm like, wow. That's incredible. I, I really wish I had that. Um, I know. Do you know she's dictating or? You know, I don't. Yeah. But I, I recently was at a dinner with some friends who are in medicine who use Dragon dictating, yeah. that program Dragon. And they were recommending that to me. They said, you should try dictating. Mm-hmm. And I have dabbled a little bit with dictating on, I mean, I'm just... I, maybe old fashioned now I use just word to write my yeah. books <laughs> uh, and I have dabbled with dictating but it doesn't 
to I don't know I, it would it would be something to be relearned because mm-hmm. speaking is not the same as it's typing not. no at all yeah I agree and so I don't know yeah is that something that you've ever looked at dictating um I tried a couple times to dictate I dictated the beginning of a short story and never went back to it and it's something like I I want to I'm just I'm just really into my my novel right now so I'm like putting short stories and stuff on the back burner um and yeah like you said it's something that you need to like learn and do over and over again and I feel like as silly as this sounds and like um counterintuitive I feel like it would like it's just too time consuming to try and like teach myself a new (laughs) method exactly even though I would probably get more words down um and a lot of people who do dictate get you know tens of thousands of words out in a day um because then I don't know I feel like you get those words down and then you have to go back and like edit it and put it into format and stuff. Um, but the program that I used was Otter or Otter I, Otter.ai, mm-hmm. something like that. It's basically just a transcript app um, and you record into it and it transcripts the whole thing for you, which is really kind of cool. Um, but I guess it's sort of what Dragon does anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if Dragon's like, you know, um, script subscription based or anything like that, mm-hmm. which Otter Otter is free. But yeah, I mean, eventually in the future, I'd love to get good at dictating just so I can get more words out. Um, right now, I have a goal of a thousand words a day, um, mm-hmm. five days a week. I don't work on the weekends. Well, I don't work on writing on the weekends. I do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, is there? Anything else that you would like to say to our listeners? Any other news or anything that you want to talk about? Oh, um, I don't think so. I guess just thanks again for having me. This has been really interesting and fun. Um, yeah, totally. I so appreciate to you. Here. Yeah, I appreciate you being on with us and talking about your writing process and your novels and all of the things storytelling. Um, So thank you so much. And I will catch you guys later. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find out more about SG Prince at sgprince.com, on Instagram at s.g.prince, and on Twitter at sgprince underscore author. Thanks again so much for listening. Have a happy week of writing, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find more from me on my website, wordwitchconsulting.com, or on Facebook and Instagram at wordwitchcc, where you can book a free discovery call with me. Happy writing.